Are you ready to move your career forward? Make your comeback with Purdue Global and get college credit for your work, school, life, or military experiences. With these credits, you may have already completed up to 75% of your undergraduate degree. You've worked hard to get where you are. It's time to get the recognition you deserve and earn a degree you'll be proud of, one that employers will trust and respect. When you take the next step in your life and career, make it count with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback at purdueglobal.edu. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- craft month with the perfect pizza at home class from craftsy and anytime is right to listen to iheart radio's iheart country radio discover more shows and movies for free ready to celebrate international women's day m&ms and iheart present women take the mic sharing empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other and of course there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure peanut butter m&ms because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&Ms and spread some positivity. From breaking glass ceilings to dominating in sports and entertainment, women truly are unstoppable. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Thinking Sideways is not brought to you by an empty DVD case. Instead, it's supported by the generous donations of our listeners on Patreon. Visit patreon.com slash thinking sideways to learn more. And thanks. Thinking Sideways. I don't understand. Does not compute. You never know. What? Stories of things we simply don't know the answer to. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Thinking Sideways, the podcast. I am Devin, joined per usual by Joe and Steve. They can't even say the and. No. I gotta do it for them. You gotta do everything for I am helpless. You are, it's true. Devin does everything around here. It's true, I do, I do everything. Um, This week we're gonna talk about a mystery, or maybe a lot of mysteries, or maybe just one mystery. Conspiracy. Conspiracy! Could be a couple of dozen mysteries here. Could be, could be a lot of things. Conspiracy! Yeah, Steve keeps trying to say a word. Conspiracy! Yeah, he thinks that's the right word. It's It's, conspiracy. It's, yeah. Yeah. It's pronounced conspiracy. Controversy. Yeah, that one. That okay. one. That one's actually pretty accurate. And before we get too terribly far into this or in it at all, it was a listener suggestion um, by Rob about a million years ago, or like a year in February of 2015. Year so, and a half. Well, if you're a bacteria, that is about a million years. It is. It's true. Yeah. yeah. Or if you live on Pluto. Mm-hmm. Wait, no, opposite. No, if you live on Pluto, it's about half a day. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry, everyone. Okay, so thanks, Rob. Okay, so let's do a quick overview of this case real quick. Okay. 
quick, 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 quick. Between 1982 and 1988, or maybe 1990, depending on how you look at it, 25 or 26, depending, scientists slash humans uh, were, who were employed by GEC, Marconi, or its affiliates, or closely related to GEC Marconi. Which, by the way, was a, a very large uh, British defense contractor, yes. correct? Um, they died. Mm-hmm. And now, especially, especially, they really, the, the big die-off was really the first four months of 1987. Yeah, and now you may be saying, Devin, it's not weird for people to die. What's going on? This mm-hmm. was a huge company. Well, listener, you're right. It's not weird for people to die. But... These people were all involved in a lot of stuff, like, you know, the development of the Stingray Torpedo or, like, Star Wars. Oh, you mean mm. the, the Lucasfilms thing? Well, actually, it was named after the Lucasfilm thing. <laughs> Literally, it was. But uh, that's actually what the media dubbed a project that was going on with the Strategic Defense Initiative Organization in the United States, primarily. Thank but you, our Ronald allies Reagan. were helping us. Yeah, Ronald Reagan. Um, but the media called it Star Wars, so we're calling it Star Wars, damn it. Ugh. We'll talk more about Star Wars in a second. Mostly the thing you should be paying attention to is the Stingray Torpedo, but also Star Wars. I thought it was the Jedi Knights. No, shut up. You can't make jokes about that all the time. I can too. Okay. These 25 slash 26 scientists slash people all died in different ways. Well, most Some of them, them died in different ways. A lot of them actually died in the same way. Again, we'll get to that. Some of the circumstances were a little hinky. In some of them, not in all yeah. of them. It was a kind of tight timeline for all of these people to have died in these like kind of mysterious ways. Some of them are definitely suspects. Some of them are definitely not. But It's a Cold War plot. Well, it might be, right? I mean, that's the whole alleged conspiracy is that actually these people were all in on some really highly classified information and... It, that's kind of weird. It's kind of weird that they all started to die off. I can I can see how it raises eyebrows. Yeah. So I think the way we're going to approach this case is it's going to be another Devin lists and talks for a long time case because I like those right now apparently. Um, but we're going to talk about uh, Star Wars and the Stingray torpedo, just like really basic overview, and then we're going to talk about the deaths, and then we'll talk about theories. Is that Sweet. All right, cool, sure. Okay, so we're going to talk about Star Wars, the Strategic Defense Initiative Organization. I'm just going to call it the SDIO, and the Stingray Torpedo. Yeah, most people just call it SDI. No, I like SDIO. It's more comprehensive that way. Okay, SDIO. SDIO. Yeah, don't don't do that. I'm I'm just going to abbreviate everything. People hate it when we do that. They do. So in the 1960s, the Royal Navy started to think that maybe they should start developing their own torpedoes. Because they were buying them from the U.S. They were. And not that there's anything wrong with the U.S. torpedoes. But no. the Britain, Britons, Britons, the British. British thought they could maybe do better. And they didn't want to be dependent upon somebody else for their armament. Right. That's, yes, that's the way we should be saying that. Not we're better than them, but they thought they were better than us. <laughs> Yeah. Good point. Yeah. Well, they, well, weapon I mean, dependency fair. is a very, very bad thing to do it really if you is. ever get into a large-scale armed conflict. It really is. And you know what was happening around that time is the Cold War, or was about to happen. And, oh, it was um, going, it's already started. And, uh, well, that was kind of like a huge armament thing. So, yeah. Well, you know, they, uh, they they just had ideas of their own, too. I mean, you they know, did. They, 
you know, the U.S. Navy is a little hidebound sometimes in their thinking. And mm. um, and the Brits thought, you know, they, they came out with the spearfish, which was uh, just a, what's the word I'm thinking of? Just a... Clever? No, not clever. It was Efficient? Just, it was just it was just freaking fast. You know? Oh, okay. It was just, yeah, you know, they just thought, hey, why should we why should we buy buy Mark Forty Eight from the U.S. Navy? Well, let's build something of our own that's better. Yeah. Well, yeah. so the is that what the MK stand, I'm sorry, Devin. Is that Joe? Is that what the MK stands for? Mm, Mark. Is Mark? Yeah. Okay, I could never find that listed anywhere, so it always frustrated me when I was doing the research. I was uh. like, why is it an MK something? Yeah. St- Stupid U.S. Navy and their abbreviations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, Joe may be able to like continue to shed some light on some of this stuff. But the Stingray torpedo, or at least the very beginning concepts of it, were starting to be born in the 1960s. And obviously, they needed some help developing said Stingray torpedo. So the Royal Navy turned to what was at that point called GEC Marconi, or just Marconi. It's gone through a lot of different iterations. We're just going to call it Marconi for the for rest of this. Because it's just easier. Yeah. yeah I don't think I, don't, I think they got gobbled up by somebody else. They're not even Marconi anymore. It's right? true. They were yeah. originally Marconi and then they became GCE Marconi. GCE was a company that owned them and they, they bought them out like in the late 80s. And then they got bought out by somebody else. It's been this huge thing. So we're just going to call it Marconi. Okay. Cool. Yeah, Everybody yeah. Cool. That's the Listeners, easiest. cool. Send me an email if you're not cool. Cool. It isn't. I well, I personally don't think it's very important to know what makes this torpedo important for this for this story. I mean, people may be interested. In which case, uh, the internet's a thing, so look it up. Oh, actually, um, it's, it's. I will say that it is very interesting in the oh, way that it operates, and yeah, and it is the multi-purpose approach that they took. Be you know, from shooting it out of a um, submarine to dropping it from a plane. Is pretty phenomenal. Absolutely. Mm. No, I think it's, as much as an instrument of war can be cool, it's cool. Torpedoes are cool. Yeah, yeah, torpedoes are cool. Yeah, this is, this is kind of the equivalent of the Mark 46 US. It's like an air, more meant to be dropped out of airplanes and helicopters rather than shot out of submarines. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's it's a nifty little, nifty little thing. Yeah. And I especially like the whole idea about, and this this has been tried on other things. The Russians supposedly are trying this on submarines, which is sort of paying out like lubricant on the, on the no, from the nose of the, of the torpedo to basically uh, reduce drag and make it it more efficient and faster. Yeah. Yeah, It's kind of, it's a cool idea. Yeah. Probably leaves a nasty sticky trail, but uh, yeah. Who cares? What are you going to do? Yeah. Yeah. But the really important part to know as it pertains to this case is that, most of the people who are involved in this case were involved in the development or implementation of the Stingray torpedo. Which was top secret. Top secret. Relatively decent security clearance. Pretty dang I wouldn't high. say totally top secret, no. but, but high clearance. Yeah, mm. really high clearance. Um, so they were either involved in that development or in um, the Star Wars project, which came a little later. Star Wars program was to basically to develop a missile defense system to protect America from um, any kind of (laughs) nuclear attack. Yes, this is the way dumbed down version. We don't need experts to explain to us this dumbed down version. We're going to just say this dumbed down version. Um, Basically, the idea was to shoot down incoming Soviet ballistic missiles. From every angle. Not even necessarily Soviet. Just ballistic missiles in general. Ballistic missiles from anybody. So Star Wars was very controversial. And it was actually like very ambitious. It included surface-to-air interception, orbital intervention, and this is true, uh, an X-ray laser called Project Laser <laughs> called Project Excalibur, 
Actually, um, yeah, the X-ray laser, laser is a cool idea. It's really cool. And I want one. I do, too. <laughs> yeah. We should start a Kickstarter to buy yeah. our own laser, yeah. X-ray and, laser. And, I, and, and I've got to say, directed energy weapons have really come a long way. They have. Thanks to SDI, I think, yeah. more than anything else. No, and I now totally we're, agree. And now we're fielding. We're actually getting, not fielding necessarily, but getting ready to field on really high-powered lasers that actually can shoot down missiles. Yeah. So this cool. was early development of that. It was super top secret. We're still talking... Uh, Star Wars. Well, I was going to say, at this point, we're still the 80s, so we're yeah. still decades away still, from where we are today. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, absolutely, yeah. yeah. So all of the projects that these 25 or 26 people, well, the 25 people, the 26th person is a little different, but the 25 people that we're going to talk about were all working very closely on these heavily classified projects. And by closely, you don't mean together as a group. No. Because they weren't, they weren't, you know, rubbing elbows all the no, time. No, most of them, some of them did work together, but most of them didn't actually ever interact. interact. They just were working on the same project. And mm-hmm. these projects were large. Yeah. Obviously. Mm-hmm. You don't develop an X-ray laser without, you know, having a couple hundred people working In on one five-man office. Yeah. 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 No, that's not no. a thing. Yeah. And I guess as a side note, I just want to say that sometimes when I was watching Fringe... Um, I started to really doubt the whole, like, this reminds me of a project Belly and I worked on, <laughs> right? From Walter yeah. Bishop. Yeah. And then I, as soon as I, like, watch that show. you oh, should, great. I, yeah. you should. And, but like, don't watch the, the last two seasons though. Don't. Really? The further I delved into the history of the Star Wars project, the more I was like, oh crap. <laughs> they literally just pulled this from history. This is like, <laughs> this is exactly what we were doing. Uh-huh. Oh God. Mm-hmm. Wow. Fun and times. side note. Some cool stuff. So, like I said, while there's some connections to Star Wars and to the development of the Stingray Torpedo, this episode is not about that, so let's oh. get going. It's about right. murder and suicide. Let's talk about some death. Yeah, and lots and lots of it. First death. Gotta get a somber hey. tone. We're talking about death now. Professor Keith Bowden. Professor Bowden was a computer programmer at Essex University. He was an expert on supercomputers and pretty well-renowned for his work with computer-controlled aircraft, which is, like, totally ubiquitous now, but in the 80s. Uh, in 1982? Was, wow. That's yeah. a whole different ball Yeah, of totally different, yeah. yeah. I mean, Pong was major at that time. Yeah. Um, on an evening in March of 1982, he died in a car accident after... Um, reportedly drinking at a social function. His friends and family say he wasn't drinking, um, but he lost control of his car and crashed it into a rail line that wasn't being used anymore. So there were no trains using it or anything like that. So crashed into a rail line as in he crashed into a, a set of train tracks? Yeah. He went, you... No, he went down an embankment. Yeah. Uh-huh. It, and it was down an embankment tracks. and at the bottom was a set of train right. tracks. Oh, okay. Um, the impact would have killed him. So he died. He died. It did kill him. Yeah, it did kill him, but it was apparently the impact, right? Because there was no, like I said, no trains or anything like that. And something I'm going to say a lot here, you're going to hear like, oh, he ran his car into this thing and it wasn't in use. How lucky. Mm. Right? You think he did it deliberately? I don't know if he did it deliberately. Or somebody else did it. Yeah. Yeah. Next up is Lieutenant Colonel Anthony Godley. Um, Godley was the head of the work study unit at the Royal College of Military Science, which you're going to hear a lot about the Royal College of Military Science. Um, not clear what projects he worked on, but I think he probably did work on a lot of the projects, which honestly might be more of an indication than not. 
not mm-hmm. knowing what projects he worked on might be more of an indication than like if they had said what we don't, we don't yeah. really know what a lot of these guys were working yeah. on because it was secret it was it was really secret and in fairness godly may or may not be dead he just mysteriously disappeared in april of uh 1982 he is presumed dead and the reason that people presume that he's dead is that his father died in 1987 and left him, like, a ton of money. Well, like, not a ton quite, but, but, you know. The modern equivalent of over 100 grand. Oh, Probably yeah. like 130 grand. Mm-hmm. Um, and he never in claimed money. it. Yeah, in today's money. Yeah. And he never claimed it, so. But that doesn't mean he's dead, though. He, it doesn't. He's, he might be like Patrick McGowan in, in The Prisoner, and, and he's just being held in a little, a little quaint village on a coast somewhere. Held being the operative word there. Yeah. It's reasonable to assume that he is not under his own personage. I mean, that he's he's, not not operating of his own free will. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. But he disappeared, huh? Hmm. He did. Yeah. Next up is Roger Hill. Hill was a radar designer and a drafter for Marconi, um, and he shot himself with a shotgun in March of 1985. Uh, presumably on purpose. The um, coroner report says it was a suicide. So this, I'm going to bring this up because this is, we're only three in, but we're going to see this a number of times. Things that seem very easily defined from the outside as a suicide are, or, and we're going to see things that are, seem very simply as just plain old accidents or intentional loss of life are going to be wrapped in. So yeah. this is going to come up again and again. So I'm going to warn people because I know people are going to be like, oh, are you kidding me? How is that on the list? Yeah. This is how the list is. This list has been, I always use the phrase curated. Yeah. I feel like this list has been very tailored because I've found some alternate versions of it out there that have more info, but it found... always gets trimmed more and more as I read well, it. I yeah, I found I people would... that were not on the list, that yeah. were who were scientists, and they were not on the, the, the oh, official list. Because they were outside of Marconi. Yeah. Well, there are some people on this list that were outside of Marconi as well. well there and, were... But we'll keep yeah. talking about this. And I I agree that there are some that have, I mean, it's definitely curated. I think 25 is like a really nice number. It's right? a perfect list size. It's a good number. It's uh, always it's perfect the, clickbait. The, the top 10, the top 12, the top 20, the top 25. Yeah. Like, this is the way those things always run. So it's, you know, sometimes you got to pad that out. Yeah. Evidently they did. Next up is Jonathan Walsh. Um, he was a communications expert who had worked on a number of classified projects for Marconi on November 19th, 1985, uh, Walsh, uh, fell out of his hotel room window in Abidjan, West Africa. That's not suspicious at all. Oh no, not at all. Um, actually they don't have, um, hotel room window railings in Africa. That's true, yeah. yeah. So it's really easy to fall out of. Oh, of course. Yeah. Um, Walsh had actually expressed to some friends that he was that he feared that his life was in danger prior to leaving for his trip for West Africa. So that's cool. Mm-hmm. This is when things start to kind of ramp up. After Walsh. After Walsh. Which is pretty suspicious, but... Well, yeah. I managed to get along for you know many years without falling out windows. Right, yeah. And he was only 29, so like... Come on. Next up is Vimal Dajibai. He was a computer software engineer with Marconi who ran most of the testing on the torpedo development project. So that would have included the Stingray torpedo um, and then the iterations thereafter. Right. 
On August 5th, 1986, he told his wife that he would be working late and then drove about 100 miles to Bristol and then mysteriously fell 260 feet, which is 80 meters, from a suspension bridge. And he, he had no connection to, to Bristol. He didn't know. He, there was no reason for him to be there. Except there was a nice high bridge to jump off Except of. for there was a nice high bridge. But I don't know why you would drive 100 miles for a nice high bridge. I bet there are nice high bridges somewhere within that 100-mile radius. Well, you know, well, there's buildings. Britain. Not necessarily. Yeah, there's, there's, there's buildings to throw yourself off of right. and trains to throw yourself in front of. Right. You know, there's there's other ways, ways yeah. to kill yourself. Um, the police report initially included a mention of a needle-sized puncture on his left butt cheek. Um, but then later they said, oh, actually that, that needle size puncture wound is actually that, that actually came from his fall. Oh, of course. Um, uh, and I also, I also heard that he, uh, when they found his body, uh, his pants were down around his ankles. I've heard varying accounts of that. Yes. Yeah. Depends he did on, fall into a river. He did fall into a river. That's from a true. very, very high uh, oh, yeah. height. Yeah. yeah. So he'd um, been looking forward to starting. He'd actually just been offered a job in the city of London. Um, his friends confirmed, as did his wife, that he had no reason for committing suicide. Granted, we know from our couple years of doing the show that there's not always a reason for And there's suicide. not always outward signs or right. obvious signs right. to, yeah. to friends and family. Now, one of the things I want to know is, did he jump during the day or at night? I believe yeah. it was at night. Okay, did anybody driving by notice some, some big Russian-looking guys maybe throwing him off the bridge? I don't believe so, no. The, when, his, when he died, um, he, was within, he was within a week of his last day at Marconi. Um, so that's a little... Yeah, he had this cool wonky. new job in London. I mean, hey. Yeah. Although, you know, like I said, there's no reason. But when you start to couple it with a lot of other stuff, it's kind of like, well... This is, this is a, a domino story. This is as that's what I always refer to these as. Is it's you know the first one's fine, the second one, mm, and third. By the sixth, seventh, and eighth, you're like, whoa, yeah. there is something going on. Totally. And I know that's what everybody's. Yeah. yeah, that's how this story gets so much. Oh attention. yeah, absolutely I, it does. Yeah, I think you know probably a combination of of actual accidents and natural causes mixed in with some murders. Yeah, maybe <laughs> possibly. It's a perfect cover. Yeah. Next up is Arshad's Sharif. Uh, Sharif was working on a system to allow detection of submarines by satellites. So that's, that's cool technology. Yeah, that's important technology. Uh, like synthetic aperture radar is one of the ones that, the technologies they use to detect yeah. waves on the surface of the ocean. Yeah. In October of 1986, um, Sharif placed a rope around his neck, tied the other end of the rope to a tree, and then drove off in his Audi with the accelerated pedal jammed down. Um, and effectively decapitated himself. Yeah, he did. The coroner did decide that this was a suicide mm. because I don't know why. But I think his his brother um, actually went to retrieve the car. He said there was a metal rod on the floor of the car next to the gas pedal. Mm -hmm. This was retrieved after it had been in custody. Yeah. And, of course, the police take the car and say, we're going to check it out, figure it out. Mm -hmm. So I always I saw that, too, and... I was really suspicious of that because it means it would have been in a wrecking yard and things, you know, as I get in there, I've got a thing in my hand from working on another car and I set it down and I move this car and then I leave it. Like it's never well, described. It's possible. Is it a rod that was of the proper length? 
this is again, this is one of those things about the stories. It's just there was a raw metal rod on the floorboard, but we mm. don't actually get any description to say if it could or could not have been used in a nefarious way to, as is inferred, hold down the gas pedal. Well, the uh, the thing about it is too is you would you would have thought that if there had actually been a rod there, that the police would have actually you know taken it into evidence. Well, according to all of the folks that really believe that this is a giant conspiracy, this is 26 examples of police ineptitude. Yeah, right. Yeah, that happens occasionally. Or willful cover-up. That too. Yeah. Or maybe a little of both. Yeah. So Silly bobbies. I guess the couple things that add to Sharif's story, um, Sharif didn't really live anywhere near Bristol, which is where he committed suicide. And he had actually spent the last night of his life uh, renting in what they call a rooming house, which I think is just like a hostel. There's no good reason for this. He, like, had a nice apartment and nice yeah. life. Funny that he went to Bristol. Yeah. Yeah. And he had apparently paid for that room in cash and apparently was seen to have had um, a bundle of high denomination notes, right? Bank notes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, bills. 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 Yeah. Whichever, you know, whatever. Apparently, the police were told about these, this money. The wad of cash. The wad of cash, basically, yeah. And they they didn't make any mention of it when there was an inquest into the death. Um, and it's basically just been scrubbed out of the record. I imagine the guys who drove the ambulance have picked his body up at the scene, probably. Took like, it. You know, found a new home for it. Yeah. yeah. If it was on him, yeah, that's true. This, this is a messy scene tax. Is yeah. that what that is? Yeah. That, yeah. We're, he's going to pay for this. Yeah. yeah. If I got if I got to put up with all this grossness, I'm going to pick <laughs> up his head and put it in a paper bag. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, Wouldn't have stayed in a paper bag. Most of the other guests that were um, staying in the same hostel rooming house thing were all employed at the at British Aerospace, which is actually where Sharif worked prior to working at Marconi. And they he had were, worked they were, they, at gu- yeah, they were doing guided weapons technology. Yeah, I was going to say, they were doing similar stuff yeah. to what he was doing for Marconi. Yeah, and it sounds like he had been doing that prior, and then Marconi was like, hey, you want to work over here? And he was like, yeah, totally, no problem. While that in and of itself isn't really suspicious, it could have just been like a reunion or something like that. It is, I guess it seems a little weird because his friends didn't seem to know about that. But It's just a bizarre way to kill yourself, you know? It's a really weird way to kill yourself. I yeah. have heard of it on... It's actually more common than you would think. Yeah. But... I have heard of me, several instances where people with a convertible are like, you know what? I'm doing this. And so it's it's not uncommon. But what I want to know is I've never actually seen anything that's uh, listed. Do we know how much booze he had in him? Or if any? There's no mention of it. So okay. in all of the other ones, there's a mention right. that they were drunk. Or, you know, inebriated in some way. There's no mention of that in this one. So I can only assume that he wasn't. Okay. Because they would have mentioned it. I mean, the police would have been like, also, he was super drunk. So, of course, he did this. Right. Well, and, and that's why I'm asking. I mean, there's, um, there, there is, in one of the things that I read, talk about the fact that, uh, how is it described? He had to use four lengths of rope to commit the act that he committed. But when they searched his car, they only found a receipt for one length of rope. And so that is pointed at as signs of foul play by, uh, by conspiracies mm-hmm. is it, you know, well, obviously he had, somebody had bought it because he realized they didn't have enough to get the job done. Cause he couldn't have gone fast enough to, to pop his noggin off. That's some serious premeditation of suicide though. Well, but it, it could also be that he happened to have a bunch of rope in his car and went, mm, 
yeah, I'm kind of done, and I think I need a little more rope. And so he bought more rope. I guess. Yeah, I just sure. think, like, you... Okay, so what? He, like, drove past the particular tree and thought, oh, that's a good tree. Oh, let me do some calculations to see how fast I'm going to have to be going, how fast my well, car a, can get Well, he's an exceptionally there. smart guy, but you know what? Sure. You know what? In the instances that I have heard about where people have done this before, there's a bit of revenge in that... It's a a jilted marriage situation. Oh, yeah, we'll as talk in, about that. I'm gonna get I'm gonna get divorced, and I'm gonna lose this nice convertible car I have. Let me go ahead and coat it in my own bodily fluids mm. before she gets it. Okay. Well, we'll okay. talk we'll talk a little bit more about this then okay. later because I, I think, think we're we're verging on. Uh, yeah, I apologize. Some other I stuff. realize. No, I got... that's okay. Next up is uh, Richard Pugh. Pugh worked as a computer consultant and digital communications expert for the Ministry of Defense. His death was ruled an accident, which I think is insane. Um, he was found in his flat in January of 1987. His feet were bound. There was a plastic bag over his head and a rope tied around his body, which was then wrapped around his neck four times. Sure. Yeah, he did that himself. Yeah, it was ruled a sexual misadventure. I don't know if they it was ruled it. suicide. It wasn't even ruled misadventure. I thought I read it was ruled one, suicide. I read in one place that it was ruled a sexual misadventure. It was ruled an accident. Oh, okay. All right, so, that's fair. Yeah. Yeah. So it was. Sorry, there's it didn't 25 specify, of it just these. Just said it was an accident. <laughs> there's 25 of these, so I may be getting a few of them confused oh. <laughs> because it turns out this is not the only one that sounds like this that happens in mm-hmm. this case. So there is another one. Okay, so that one was an accident. All right. Okay. Next up is Avtar Singida. He was a researcher at the Ministry of Defense, and he had worked conducting tests on submarine warfare equipment, which would have included the Stingray torpedo. Along with other things. Yeah. Uh, He's another one that just disappeared under weird circumstances. On January 8th, 1987, he was three weeks away from successfully defending his, his doctoral thesis. So he would have been a doctor. Basically, I mean, he would have had his he doctorate. He would have finally achieved his degree. He would have finally yeah. achieved his degree. Which is a lot of work. Um, but he disappeared instead. Um, and then he actually reappeared four he, months later. He disappeared later. on the job. He did. He just kind of like walked away from his life with no explanation. Uh, he he's was... Still, I mean, he's still alive, right? He is, yeah. He yeah. had actually finally been traced to a red light district of Paris. And it was confirmed that he didn't really know how he got there or why he was there. It must have been a fun weekend. Well, well no, it's four months. Four months. Yeah. And actually, when he was found, he was working under an assumed name, and he was working in a sweatshop with illegal immigrants. And he's a bright guy, obviously. I mean, he's defending his dissertation. Like, this is a guy who's really ambitious and and educated and well-read. And, you know, he's working for the Ministry of Defense. And what he decided to do, I guess, is work, like, really... He just walked away from it all is really what this equates to. Like, really walked away from it all, like, in the biggest way possible. So that is kind of odd. And I wonder if he retained his security clearance after that. I'm... I presume so. He came back to work. I mean, he continued to work at Marconi, um, which is, again, kind of suspicious. Seems like they would maybe think... You know, oh, this guy just walked away from his life. We should revoke his clearance. But no, they said, okay, yeah, yeah, come down back. That's fine. Well, it's either he was not working on stuff that was too, too top, top, top secret, mm-hmm. or or maybe they knew he disappeared for a reason. 
Well, maybe, yeah, maybe they sat him down and had a talk, and he told them he just won't tell reporters or anybody else. It's possible, yeah. Yep. He um, he was actually very good friends with uh, Mr. Dajibai, the, the one who... Fell from the bridge? Yeah, the one who fell. I'm using air quotes here. Fell from the bridge. Yeah. Um, and he when he returned, you know, he said, I don't want to talk about that, and I don't want to talk about my disappearance. I just want to get back to work. Right. And Marconi said, Cool. By the way, he didn't fall from the bridge. He was tossed over the railing by a couple of big Russian guys. Maybe. We don't yeah. know. According to Joe. I, yeah. According to Joe. Next up, Dr. John Britton. Dr. Britton uh, worked on top secret projects for the Royal College of Military Science, then later for the Ministry of Defense. He died on January 17, 1987, by way of carbon monoxide poisoning from his car in his garage. Well. He had literally just returned from a top secret trip to the United States related to his work with the Ministry Ministry of Defense. And he probably thought it'd be a good idea. You were about idea. to say Ministry of Magic, weren't you? Yep. Mm. I'm sorry, but what were you he, saying, Joe? He probably thought it'd be a great idea to just sit in his car with the engine running, yeah. listening to the radio. Yeah, and, totally. Yeah, and, Wanted oopsie. to hear that last story on NPR. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So NPR killed him. Yeah. NPR kills. Yeah. Yeah. Or I, BBC. I guess, I guess it would be the Beeb. Yeah. The Beeb. The BBC kills more. It does. It's true. Next up is David Skeels. He worked as an engineer for Marconi, and then he died the exact same way. That... Listening to the BBC? Yeah, listening to the yeah. BBC. Okay. Um, uh, he's the same way as Dr. Britton did, but in February of 1987. The difference between the two is that Britton didn't have the... Uh, you know the TV trope hose going yeah. from the window from the exhaust pipe to his into his window. That's uh-huh. true. Whereas Skeels and everybody that follows does. Yeah. So that's which I I didn't realize. I totally thought that was a 1970s like TV thing. I didn't think that actually happened. Uh, apparently, it's just a quicker way to do it. You know, I mean, instead of having to fill up the entire room, you just fill up your car. I didn't know yeah. people sat in rooms with their cars running as a way to take their own lives. Is it's, what I'm getting it's, at. It's actually not that uncommon. Yeah. I I didn't know that. It's yeah. also not that uncomfortable. Yeah, you that's just kind of go to sleep. Yeah. Next is Victor Moore. Mr. Moore was a design engineer for Marconi. He died also in February of 1987, but from a drug overdose. He had just finished his work on infrared satellites, and then he was found dead. His death apparently instigated an MI5 investigation, um, the results of which obviously still remain a secret. There's also a report that the Ministry of Defense Serious Crime Squad. I like the name. Right? Yeah. Um, cool. Did a separate investigation into Marconi that was um, started because of this death. I really just want to be on the Ministry of Defense, not Serious Crime Squad. Not a serious. Right. Mm. Right. That's. I think that's the name of it. I think that's how it goes. Yeah, not it's a serious. Serious crime, crime Squad, yeah. not a serious crime squad. Well, no, I want to be on the not serious, as in nothing is serious, because oh. that's kind of sometimes what I think we are. Yeah, would, we are, I, actually. I, want to, I actually want to work for the Ministry of Bad Haircuts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're halfway there, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Devin. You're welcome. Next up is um, Peter Pipel. He was a scientist working for the Royal College of Military Science. He died on February 22nd of 1987. Yes, 
There's now three deaths in February of 1987. This one was especially hinky, though. He did also die in the same way as Dr. Britton and Mr. Skeels. His wife found him uh, on his back with his head parallel to the rear of the car bumper and his mouth in line with the exhaust pipe of his car. He was laying under the exhaust pipe, essentially. Mm-hmm. Like, literally drinking in the essentially, exhaust. Essentially, yeah. And what, I, what I heard is he had died. His body was actually jammed underneath the car. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So police apparently were um, pretty confused about how he could have gotten into that position. It sounds like his wife initially thought they were driving home from a function, and then she went inside and he stayed out. To she, listen to the BBC. No. There was apparently like a weird noise coming from like the Like an engine of the car. knock kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, and so she thought maybe he had been trying to investigate that and gotten stuck. I'm not 100% sure why she's an engine running when you're doing something like that, but okay. Because that's the only way that you can hear the engine making the, ish, the noise? I guess. I think you would like turn it off and look for something loose first. Yeah, the thing about it is, is um, especially if there, it sounds like there was little clearance under the car. And if it's been running, you just arrived home. It's going to be hot. Uh, your your muffler especially is going to be, you know, yeah. it's, well, it will burn yeah. you. I yeah. actually at one time touched a muffler one time and mm-hmm. uh, when, it was, when the engine was running. And, well, I was sorry that I did that. Yeah, I bet. Yeah. And, well, well, I will save it for later because that actually gives me what I have thought about is a potential explanation of how he ended up in the position that he was in. Okay. Well, we'll talk about that in a minute. He... Apparently, you know, reportedly friends and family, wife, blah, 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 all say there were no signs of stress in his life. So there was no reason for him to have committed suicide. Um, He didn't work for the Royal College of Military Science anymore. Um, He was in the research and development arm of the Ministry of Defense. But um, Pipel and Britain apparently worked together at the Royal College of Military Science. And um, Pipel was on that same trip to the United States as Dr. Britton was. Um, and he had also recently just gotten back from the United States on their top secret whatever mm. mission. That is a coincidence, huh? By the way, have we did we say anything about the fact that these guys are not all in the same town? No, they're all over Britain. Yeah, I don't know that we've actually said that, though. Is that of the, the, I don't know, half dozen or dozen people that we've talked about so far, it's not as if they were all, you know, in one town or one city. They are all over. Literally spread all over the country. All over the country. Small so though that's it important may be, to keep in mind. But yeah, it is important to keep in mind. Next is David Sands. Uh, he was a senior scientist working at a sister company of Marconi. Um, and he had worked closely with Dr. Britton. He died on March 30th, 1987 in a fatal car accident. He made a sudden U-turn on um, a two-way lane highway on his way to work. Who, no, who knows why? And then um, crashed at high speeds into an abandoned cafeteria that was out of use. I've heard also abandoned a cafe. Ca- cafe, yeah. Wh- whichever. An Brit- abandoned... Well, the British call them cafeterias. I've heard okay, it. I've seen it okay. called that way, yeah. A restaurant. But it was down... It wasn't like it was right on the edge of the road. Right. It was like down a little side inlet road that he managed to go careening down. Yeah, he managed to hit the one spot in that area that was abandoned. Uh, nice. That was good of him. Because Awfully he loaded lucky. Up his, yeah, he loaded up his car with, with gasoline cans. He had, yeah. He had two additional five-gallon cans full of gas hanging out in his car. 
And they, they it, sort of ruptured and blew up and turned into a fireball. They did. I it's heard. weird. Yeah. It's like they were trying to destroy evidence. Yeah, I think they identified him by dental records. I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. You know, again, no signs, no outward signs of a reason. No indication of why. Also a weird way to commit suicide, but okay. It's, uh, yeah, it's was... actually kind of very male. I guess. Men tend to go out in violent ways. Yeah, I, we've said that before, but like by pulling a U-turn and losing control of your car. That, well, that's the thing. Who that said that... he lost control? He lost control. Well, I, I don't I don't understand the U-turn thing. I mean, I would I would think just, you know, get on the get on the freeway and just and just mash down the accelerator till you're maxed out in speed and then crash into like a bridge abutment or something like that. Yeah, I would I mean, think the U-turn that doesn't really make sense to me. Yeah, it's weird. He may have missed his turn. Yeah, he may have said, I'm going to hit that building that I know nobody's in, and it's it's solid, and mm. my car's going to go boom, and ah, hell, I missed it. And he flipped a Yui. Well, could be. But we'll, we'll talk about that more later. Okay. Uh, Stuart Gooding was a postgraduate student at the Royal College of Military Sciences. He died on April 10th, 1987. Um, he was in a fatal car crash in Cyprus. He died instantly. When his uh, hired car, which I believe is a rental car. Yeah. I believe, yeah. That's what it is. Yeah, because so he's he on vacation. Yeah, he was driving it, though. Like, you'll see hired car. It's not like he wasn't, he hadn't hired someone. It wasn't a taxi or anything. <laughs> yeah. He was driving. Um, he collided with, uh, head-on with a truck. A semi. A semi-truck, yeah. Uh, or a lorry, as yep. you might call it in the British Isles. The truck driver was said to be totally unhurt. Well, that's as because, were all the passengers. Yeah, the truck is a lot bigger than the car. So, well, I thought I thought the isn't he the one that the passengers in the car were also unhurt? I don't think there were any passengers. Uh, yeah, no, actually, I think you're right. I don't think there was think passengers. So. There's somebody else that had passengers in a car. Again, in one of the twenty five. Yeah. yeah, it's hard to keep track of. Them. It is. It's really hard. Yeah. Which is why I'm appreciating this fact checking. <laughs> actually, usually I'd just be like, Steve, shut up. But now I'm like, no, thank you. Keep coming. Um, so it's kind of weird. I mean, that's another fatal car accident. Uh, but, okay, this is one of the ones that I'm going to call BS on for getting tacked. I consider this a tack in. Yeah, this is this is get got pinned into the list because we had to pad out to a, a, a big 25. number. Yeah. Because he's not anywhere remotely involved in anything else. He's on vacation. Well, actually, he wasn't on vacation. He was in Cyprus because... Um, there was the the oh, he's royal on a diving college expedition. You're right. You're right. Yeah. But but still, it's they're carrying it, out quote unquote exercises. This yeah, could have been an accident. It could have been. Or it, also it could, could have, have been, been a big truck driven by a couple of big burly Russian guys. Right. Could have yeah. been. Either way, yeah. hard to tell. You got to stop blaming the Russians. It could have been the Cubans. Yeah, that's a good point. Oh, I don't know. In that part of the world, it's probably Russians. Next up is definitely wasn't the French. David, no. AKA Robert Greenhall. Uh, he was the contracts manager at Israel Chemicals Limited. He died from complications after he, quote-unquote, mysteriously uh, leapt from a 40-foot or 12-meter high railway bridge. He was apparently on his way to work and decided to pull over and jump to his death. Four hours after he had left home to go to work? Mm-hmm. By the way? Yeah. Uh, this happened on April 10th of 1987, uh, same day as Stuart Gooding had his little car accident. In Cyprus. In Cyprus. In an un another country. A totally different country. Um, 
the ICL, which is Israeli Chemicals Limited, later revealed that um, he had actually been positively vetted for clearance and had probably had access to secret UK and NATO data because of some of the contracts he was managing for them, which would have been connected to Star Wars and Stingray Torpedo stuff. Um, and oh. he was working on the same defense project as David Sands, um, who you will remember from the U-turn incident. Mm -hmm. And the, the um, fireball with the gas cans in the car. Yeah. yeah. He actually didn't die immediately from his fall. He survived, um, and the emergency people came and took him away and took him to the hospital, and they said, okay, you fell. What happened there? And he said, uh, I don't really know how or why I fell from that bridge, and then he died a couple days later in the hospital. I have heard differing accounts on him. I have actually heard that though he has no memory of what happened that day, it, he did recover and survived. Really? Yeah. Hmm. You know, Just saying, it's, it's one of the sources that I found. I was like, wow, this is one of the ones that was a red flag for me. That's a huge red flag. He yeah. survived. Because well, I actually didn't see that anywhere. Yeah, I didn't either, but, uh, you know, but, uh, you know, it, it is possible. Like, I sometimes you, you can get a, a massive injury like that. You can get, I mean, I knew a guy that was a paratrooper, and uh, there was a guy in his, like, battalion or whatever. His unit. Yeah. Um, he was, And they jumped one day, and his, this guy's chute didn't open, and he augered in, and he walked away from it. And then, and they just said, "Oh, cool." And then he died later that night. Yeah, he you died. Have... If he had massive internal injuries, and nobody even knew, which is, by the way, incredibly negligent on the part of the army. I mean, they should have yeah. had the guy. They yeah. should have had the guy in a hospital. Yeah. You know? oh, yeah. And, yeah. yeah, Every every major organ was ruptured. But yeah. Yeah. it is it is possible also to fall and sustain massive injuries, mm. but it's a it's not going to kill you if you get treatment and you get long-term treatment for the time that it takes to, to be healed and, and corrected. Yeah. yeah the, the and thing, this guy is, and the things that I found was reported to live. Yeah, so it's, it's possible, but, but I could see a, a situation where you would have so many ruptures in your body that uh, they just couldn't get in there. In, in there oh, no, everywhere. it would be like your, th that soaker hose that you have in your yard is just leaking everywhere. There's yeah. no way you can plug it all. No, not really. A little really. Dutch boy in the dam. <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah, well, I mean, it's, I guess we can just chalk that up to reporting. Reporting. I mean, yeah, I don't know. I, it's, it's weird. I mean, it's weird that he wouldn't remember ever why he fell, but there's also such a thing as, like, head trauma-related Short-term memory Absolutely. loss. So, yeah. like, I'm yeah. not surprised at all. Either know. way. It is kind of weird, though. Like, four hours later, suddenly you're just on a railroad bridge jumping. Or falling. Or falling. You know, whichever. it's usually pretty easy to stay on those things, and. Although, I don't know. I mean, if you're on a railroad bridge, although what the hell was he doing on a railroad bridge? Right, exactly. Often railroad bridges don't have guardrails on no, them. No, yeah. no, because trains don't tend to fall off of them. Usually. Well, so there's no need to put a guardrail on They actually do tend to fall off of them occasionally, but, uh, you know, what what guardrail is going to stop it's the not train? <laughs> <laughs> you, know? exactly. yeah. That, yeah. you need to build a tunnel to yeah. stop that rail. You need to build a so, pretty massive guardrail. Yeah. Next up is going to be George Countess. He was a system analyst at Bristol Polytech, and on April 17th, 1987, he was drowned as a result of a car accident into a river. His car was found upside down in a river in Liverpool. I presume he was inside it. He was inside he was, it. Yeah. Yes. Which I, I, I'm going to say right now, again, 
I feel like that one is tacked in. I agree, especially because like systems analysts at Bristol Polytech, like I didn't really find a good connection to the rest of these. I, again, well, I, it is, this is right. This is that we're in this industry at this point. We we it, this story is one of the ones that starts expanding. Yeah, occasionally reaches out and grabs a guy that's in the biz. Well, it and is. I mean, it's, it's it's in the biz died under what could be kind of interpreted as questionable circumstances in the like midst of literally within like there's a two or three month period here where suddenly a bunch of people are dying so i can understand why it would be looped in i don't know that it necessarily is right for it to be looped in but i totally understand why people see this one as as connected to the case Mm -hmm. next up is um shawnee warren and this is the only woman on this list. And Shani's also that one that we've put the question mark around to be the 26. I mean, you, you keep saying there 25 were involved in the biz. No. But Shani was She's not the one that I put the question oh, okay. mark around, Yeah, the, the 26 was... Um, is a journalist. Okay. Yeah, in the 90s. Okay, because I don't, I, I don't think Shani is, a, is, again, a good one to be put into this. I say there's suspicion around her death. Oh, she was definitely murdered. I don't disagree murdered. with that at yeah. all. But I don't think that her employment had any connection. Correct? I'm not Probably sure. We'll find out. Yeah. I'm, I'm so ahead of the game. You I apologize. So, Please, Devin, tell us what happened to this um, poor woman. Ms. Warren was a personal assistant at a company called Microscope. Yes, just like a microscope, but uh, two words. And Clever this company British. was purchased by Marconi about a month after her death, within a month of her death. She was found drowned in 18 whole inches of water. That's actually kind of deep. Yeah. Based on the situation. Well, based on the situation. Um, And it was actually pretty close to where um, uh, David, a.k.a. Robert, uh, was found having jumped off the bridge. Um, She was found gagged with a noose around her neck. Her feet were bound. Her hands were tied behind her back. She was wearing stiletto shoes and business formal attire. The coroner lists her death as like open slash under investigation, but apparently speculated publicly that she had, quote, gagged herself, tied her feet with a rope, then tied her hands behind her back and hobbled to the lake on stiletto heels to drown herself. Unquote. Maybe, maybe he was being, sure. Maybe he was being like flip, you know? Well, no, that, that was in his report. But the, the hard part about this is there's, there, her footprints were in the the riverbed, but there were no other footprints taking her out to the point at which she her footprints stopped happening. So you're saying basically aliens? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Oh, okay. That's exactly right. right. Now I I uh, th- this has the stink of murder all over it. I call huge BS on this. Like I wear stiletto shoes every once in a while and I swear to you you try, you like, we'll get you a size, whatever size you are, stiletto shoe, and we will go down to the riverbank and you try to walk more than two steps without your feet being tied in that mud. And you tell me that it's possible. That no, I don't know. I've happens. seen women in some pretty, pretty snug little skirts that have to do the, the two inch little jitter to move forward. In mushy mud on a riverbank? Yeah, the, the shoes are going to come off your feet. Well, you know, if she moves fast enough, as I saw in Scooby-Doo, you can, you can run across the surface of the water before you start to sink. You can. That's true. It's really easy to do that when your feet are tied together. Yeah. 
And a exactly. plastic bag is over no, your there, head. There, yeah. is, there is all kinds of hinkiness with her death. I, yeah. I am, yeah. I'm totally on board with that. Yeah. And by the way, I tried to pull the, the coroner's report. I also ended up trying to pull the police report on her death. And then that led me to trying to find them all. It turns out, whereas here we can get a lot of that stuff depending on where it happened online... Yeah, you can only get it in person in Britain. Well, we have a lot of listeners in Britain. We should have called one of them. Yeah. Yeah, well, you know, you also got to pay for it. Well, they'll pay for it. (laughs) They'll be happy to. I bet we could find at least one listener in that area. In every every district that this was happening. You're right. We should have done that. My bad. Well, and I don't. Lazy Steve. I guess I don't necessarily think. You know, I go either way on her actual involvement. I mean. If Microscope was purchased by Marconi um, and she was a high-level executive assistant, she would have likely seen most of the correspondence coming in and out from the highest levels, which means she would have likely had her own clearance, which means she would have been privy to some details. But Steve shaking his head because I also think like that could be total BS and like that's not accurate at all. You're presuming that Microscope was involved in what Marconi was working on. They may they may not have been brought in because of their Star Wars and um what was the torpedo name? Yeah, the stingray. Thank you. I suddenly forgot the name of the torpedo. There's st- you know something that was related to it. They may have just been a company who had, as we see all the time, a great idea and a great start somewhere. And Marconi went, "We're buying that all. We're taking yeah. it." Yeah, so it could have been. Yeah, they could have been actually completely unrelated. They could have been actually manufacturing or, or you know. Uh, some completely non-classified stuff, maybe just manufacturing equipment that Marconi wanted. Totally, I mean, absolutely. Who knows? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I have no idea what these yeah. guys did. Well, so I guess we can all agree that at least in her case, she um, got murdered. She was murdered. Oh, yeah. She totally murdered. Oh, yeah. But it's... whether that has something to pertain to the rest of these or not, who knows? Mm. It's a weird little case, though. Yeah. Next up, Mark Whatever. Wisner. He was a software engineer at the Ministry of Defense. He was found dead in. Um, on April 24th, 1987, in a house that he shared with two colleagues. He had a plastic sack around his head and several feet of uh, cling wrap, saran wrap, mm-hmm. wrapped, wrap. wrapped, wrapped around, around his, his face. face. Mm-hmm. May sound similar because that's how Mr. Pugh died. This death was also ruled an accident. Against sexual misadventure. Autoerotic asphyxiation. It wasn't. Yes. They just. Is what it is. It is always classified this under. This is Britain, so they just call it an accident. <laughs> yeah. Whereas we have this weird we, yeah. descriptive phrase yeah. for it. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, Weisner was known to, uh, I think... This might not have been his only time of exploring the kink, Mm. uh, because there are reports of some things. Apparently, he had some articles of women's attire, Mm. so that that was on him. Mm -hmm. So it may not. This one may actually just be purely an accident, misadventure of the sexual kind. Mm -hmm. Fair, yeah. Um, Michael Baker was a digital communications expert who died on May 3rd, 1987 in a fatal car accident. He's the one that we were trying to think of earlier. Yeah. He's the one who, the other, I think it was two other people were yeah. in the car. Totally and they were, uh, Well, they were unhurt. They, they were some burly Russian guys. 
I don't think so, Joe. <laughs> no, they were just two other normal British people who were in the car that were not severely injured yeah. or killed yeah. in said accident. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, suspicious, probably not as okay. suspicious, but a little. Yeah. Frank Jennings was an electronic weapons engineer, and he died of a heart attack in June of 1987. I think that's the dumbest thing ever. He was 60 not, years old, yeah. and just this is another pin. Yeah, he was no, pinned in. Absolutely, the that's what I mean by the dumbest thing ever. I should clarify. I don't think it's dumb that he died of a heart attack. That's really sad. I think his inclusion I think it's is silly dumb. that he's included, but I'm going to include him anyway because he's on like every list you'll see ever. Right. Because at this yep. point, the dominoes are just like. Right. Or just randomly just being going. connected. Yeah. Next up is Russell Smith. He was a lab tech at Atomic Energy Research Establishment, which is the name of the company. In I like it. January 1988, he fell off a cliff in and died, which was ruled a suicide. Mm-hmm. Even He's though... found halfway down it. Yeah. It's kind of weird because... They always say, it was a suicide. He fell. <laughs> like, those are the two phrases they use. They're never like, he jumped. He jumped. Uh, yeah. yeah, I think that's <sighs> that's an odd attempt to preserve... Um, God, I can't think of the word that I want to say for, for their uh, their dignity or their honor. But, you know, it's like, he fell. That's what happened. It must, he must have accidentally fell. He fell on purpose. Yeah, he fell on purpose. Yeah. Next up is Trevor Knight. He was a computer engineer with Marconi Space and Defense Systems, which is Marconi. On March 25th of 1988, uh, Mr. Knight was found dead in his home at the wheel of his car with a hose pipe connected to the exhaust. Hmm. I know this song. Sounds familiar, yeah. (laughs) A fellow female employee at Marconi claimed that she had found three different suicide notes left by him, which made clear his intentions of suicide. This female friend also mentioned that uh, Mr. Knight disliked his work, but she didn't think that he was depressed or had any kind of signs of suicide or anything like that. Yeah, the next one had chosen a more interesting suicide method. Well, I don't know if suicide is the right word for it. Alistair Beckham was a software engineer for Marconi. He was found dead in August of 1988 after being electrocuted in his garden shed with wires that connected to his body, I think via his mouth. And then a no, that was not him. Oh no, no, you're right. Sorry, no. I'm getting too switched. Um, they were in his armpits. He wrapped. I think he, he, he attached him, him to his body. His body somehow. somehow. Um, it was actually he, it, was out, it was like a, kind of an improvised defibrillator. Yeah, in his yeah. garden shed. And yeah. um, he had a handkerchief stuffed in his mouth. Mouth. Mm-hmm. His death is, for obvious reasons, still under investigation because that doesn't really seem like a suicide thing. Well, that's not how I would choose to do it. Uh, but yeah, he taped him to his, to both sides of his chest, I guess, and then plugged it in, plugged the cord into I guess the wall. So. Yeah. That's the speculation if he killed himself. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, it's totally... because he's, for all accounts, he he'd come home. He had walked the dog. He had gone and gotten the paper like he had done all these very normal routine like things that day. And then just randomly walked into the garden shed and wired himself up. Yeah. Which seems a little weird. It does. And yeah. actually to follow a trend seems kind of like a Russian thing to do. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it does. I mean, it does. You're laughing, but like... They, they like to use car batteries. Car batteries hurt, but don't kill you. Yeah, well, maybe they were actually aiming to kill this time. Oh, well, maybe. And actually, one of the reasons that this might be even uh, more suspicious is that also in August of 1988... 
Um, they think probably August 22nd or 23rd. I've seen both dates. Perry Ferry. What kind of a name is that? British. Uh, was a retired army brigadier and the assistant marketing director at Marconi. He was also electrocuted. He was electrocuted in his company flat, his Marconi company flat, with um, electrical leads in his mouth. Yeah, apparently he uh, spliced them, like jammed into them, his fillings, jammed or... it between mm-hmm. his teeth, or attached them to his fillings, and then just plugged into the wall. And uh, uncomfortable all that, around. That just sounds bad. Yeah. Yeah. Again, again, I, I think suicide in this case because his parents sadistically named him Perry Ferry. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, well, I mean, it's weird. It's weird that like within a month, two people related to Marconi died from self. Administered self-administered electrocution in, in the same month yeah that's he's, weird but he's the one that had had not too long before that some near fatal something in a car he was in a car accident he was trapped in the car and so mm-hmm. he, he kind of had this thing going on according to people who were around him panic i don't know i still think it's super russian <laughs> well, i like that idea joe has biased you but yeah. also like in a month Really? Two dudes electrocuting themselves? Mm-hmm. It's like they hired a new hitman. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean, like there are these clusters, and we'll talk about this in theories, but... Uh, well, there's, uh, yeah, there, there are like several different suicides in this one. There were rule suicides that yeah. are rather bizarre. Yeah. You know, we'll talk about them later. We on will, in just a minute, actually, because we're very close here. Andrew Hall was an engineering manager with British Aerospace. He was found dead... In September of 1988, by carbon monoxide poisoning in his car with a hose pipe connected to the exhaust, which was ruled a suicide. Mm. I'm bored of that story. I really think we need to we need to find out who manufactured those hoses. Yeah, and sue them because they obviously there was a problem with their hoses because they were they were putting carbon monoxide in people's cars. Yeah, they Mm -hmm. were apparently. And then the 26th one is a guy by the name of Jonathan Moyle. He was a British defense journalist, and he was found hanged in his hotel room in Santiago, Chile, on April 1st, 1990. And it was ruled a suicide officially, but apparently he did a lot of the uh, reporting initially on the Stingray Torpedo. There's that. Do you know who else is loosely connected to this story? Who? Ronald Reagan. Danny Casalero. You remember yeah. him from the octopus? Yeah, I guess that yeah, makes sense. Yeah, because he worked for uh, what was the magazine Computer World? Or he worked for it or owned it. I can't remember now. It's been so long since we talked about yeah, him. Yeah, it's been but, a long time. But they did they did some of the early reporting that was compiling this stuff, and I I don't know if he was involved with it or not. But mm. it's a weird link. We always yes. find these strange links between these stories. Yeah, conspiracy, conspiracy, conspiracy. Well, Danny, yeah, Danny thought everything was kind of interconnected, you know. Well, As it is. Or at least yeah. a lot it of It was. Things. All different tentacles of the octopus. Mm-hmm. Theories? Theories? We're talking about theories? Yeah. What are your theories? Um, well, either it's murder or it's not. Well, I, or it's I, some combination of both. I think a combination. I think some of these things look hinky enough. <sighs> so... They were all murdered. Let's do oh. that as a theory. They were all murdered. Don't Every single so. one of them. Except for the suicides? That's dumb. 
And, but as you know, like uh, heart attacks can be induced by chemicals, poisons. They can. Yeah. True. But he was a 60-year-old dude. That's, there's that, too. In the 80s. Yeah. In the 80s. Yeah. Which, in Britain, was nothing but pork fat and beans every night. Yeah. I believe mm-hmm. that's true, right? To a healthy lifestyle. Yeah. yeah for sure. Because my, my culinary experience with Britain is completely accurate. I agree. Okay, so we can all agree that it's not all murders. No. Can we also all agree that none of these, that the theory that none of these deaths are suspicious at all is silly? Oh, that there's no oh, yeah. actual link between any of them? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's silly. That's silly. Yeah, right? some of them are. And, uh, you know, and there's also some of them, I mean, they, they could have been murders, but they're not related to the defense industry. Right. Also possible. Yeah. So I have a question. Yeah. Was a smiley face ever found spray-painted near the bodies? Ah. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Actually, there was there was a smiley face within a certain distance of everybody. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. So we are going to go ahead and say that our favorite theory is that some of these are questionable and some of them are not. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Some of I them mean, shouldn't be included. Right. I agree. Yeah, definitely not. But there were four of them, the four most spectacular suicides, which would be Sharif. And Sands and Beckham and Ferry. At the very least. Yeah, those ones were, we're talking Sharif, uh, decapitation by rope in the car. Uh-huh. Well, hang on, Joe. Let's, and, let's take these in order. Because okay. you, you've, you've actually ignored some okay. yeah. that people have pointed out as being completely questionable. Really suspicious, yeah. yeah. So actually, let's just go ahead and start. We'll just read, we're going we're gonna to walk through every one of these again in order. No, we're not. <laughs> we're not right. doing that. Thank um, goodness. But let's. Let's start with um, Dr. Bowden's car accident. He was the very first victim. The very first one, 1982, way back when, before Lil Devin ever existed in this whole world. Dr. Bowden had a car accident. (laughs) The story goes, right, that Dr. Bowden's immaculately maintained Land Rover careened across a four-lane highway and plunged off a bridge down an embankment onto an abandoned rail yard. Bowden was found dead on the scene. And he nobody was, else got hurt. Nobody else got hurt. Nobody else even saw it. Pretty lucky, right? There was obviously an inquest into this. Uh, and the police testified that Bowden's blood alcohol level had exceeded the legal limit and he had been driving way too fast. So he was drunk. He was driving real fast and reckless. He accidentally careened off the highway. Blah, blah, blah. His wife, Dr. Bowden's wife, her name's Hillary, and her lawyer, think. That's silly. Not silly. I think the, think the word inaccurate. you're looking for is cover-up. It's a cover-up is what they think. Um, and actually, friends that were with Bowden at the social event that he was at prior to his death agree he was not drunk. He um, had been drinking, but he wasn't drunk. They also... Well, the friends don't mention, but the wife mentions the condition of the car. They apparently had a specialist quote-unquote specialist examined the car um and that specialist told them that somebody had taken the wheels off and put old worn out wheels on to his land rover which i don't know i go either way like all reports are from many different aspects in his life that he loved this car he maintained it as best as he possibly could and he was a man of well i mean he he, didn't, he was a man of means. He was a man of means. You know, so he, he would have had tires that had the appropriate tread on them, presumably. He would have had a car that was in good condition. Um, but apparently the police said, no, 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 the, the wheels were worn. That was part of it. He, you know, just took off. It could have been that, uh, you know, of course, being a man of means, I mean, 
this is something they look for. If somebody total his wrecks their cars, they look to see, you know, did it, did did he like replace his tires with old, you know, used crappy tires before he deliberately wrecked his car to collect, uh, you know, an insurance payout? Could have been. Maybe he was trying to do that. Well, but the, but he the was thing wealthy is, enough. I don't think he needed to. He's. But. I mean, tires have a lifetime. Yeah. And there is a point when you come to the end of that tire's lifetime where the tread is no longer safe to drive upon, and it is time to replace it. And he could have very well been near that at the point at which he had his accident. And you know what happens when you take a severe turn and go across a highway and then down an embankment? Everything gets thrashed. Yeah. Could be that. So it's entirely possible that his tires got the d- torn up. It's it's also possible that somebody at the wrecking yard went. That's what I was hmm, thinking too. You know, that's a <laughs> nice set of tires, and they yep. said he did it. Uh, well, pfft, and they fl- they they switch them out. At which point, then this examiner comes and says, "Ooh, these are old. This is yeah. weird." I know. That's that's what I was thinking too. Yeah. Yeah. Let's see, because I mean, you know, it sounds like the guy probably had a really nice set of tires on there. Yeah. The other thing yeah. about his not being drunk is that if he's at an event, I don't know if you guys have ever been at an event where somebody says, "Wait, have one for the road," and you suddenly have. Two for the road, and three for the road, and four for the road, and then you hit the road. And you're fine when you walk out of said location, but then you're five minutes away, and it starts to hit you. Yeah. It's my understanding it was like a work social function, so one... Oh, that's even more indicative of getting drunk. It's maybe. I mean, it go, I think it can go either way. Either it is totally indicative of him getting drunk, or it's totally indicative of him not being drunk, which is kind of a bummer, because it it depends on the kind of person he was and you mm-hmm. can only take that from, you know, what his family says and his family says he was not that kind of guy, but I don't know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, next up is Walsh who you may or may not remember was in West Africa and quote unquote fell out of a window. Mm-hmm. Um, they, he he did have a flight the next Reportedly, day. Reportedly, he yeah. had a flight for the next so, day. So presumably it's not a suicide, although maybe it is. I mean, he was there for a work thing. Presumably they booked his flights there and back. So That's a good point. Hard to tell. Our conspiracist friends would say that that is indication that he was not intending to take his life while he was there. Mm, could have been right. an accident. Well, but I mean, it's also true that it is, it's totally possible it was an accidental fall. Mm-hmm. Next up, while we're talking about weirdness, is um, Dodgy by Police say that he was depressed. Um, his friends say no, so I'm not sure how the police would know and his friends didn't, but okay. Paul, you can look at a corpse and see. Like, you know, yeah, you it looks kind of yeah, sad. sad. Yeah. Police say he was drunk. Um, friends say he had never had any alcohol ever, and I think that's a religion thing. Mm-hmm. He was Pakistani. So he's a Muslim, um, probably. He was likely a Muslim, and if he was, you know, that's that's a that's a tenant of mm-hmm. a lot of different parts of... But I, I want to be careful here, because his friends didn't say he didn't drink. They said he rarely drank. I've heard that some of his friends said he never drank. Okay, but, well, the reason I say that is because in the same reporting, it is reported that bottles of wine were found in his car. That um, was... And, you know, and that's where I also get that it was the... People said, well, he, he never drank while driving, but he would occasionally drink. Okay, so the reporting I heard on this, and this is one of those things where it's like, yeah. who knows, right? The reporting I heard on this is that the police... 
um, initially said, oh, he was drunk. And his friend said, no, no, he didn't drink at all. And they said, no, no, he was drunk. They, we found two uh, paper cups and a bottle of an empty bottle of wine in his car. He was drinking with a friend. And then the friend, I don't know where the friend went, but suddenly, you know, he was jumping off a bridge. That's what the police said. And by the way, that bridge <laughs> was a, 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 a location that was known for people to go to to commit suicide. Mm. Yeah. Because it was not, a, a convenient nice high, high... Yeah, it was a convenient yeah. high spot. Yeah. yeah. No, absolutely. I agree. But it's still kind of wonky that, you know, his friends would say, no, he didn't drink. And his, the police would say, okay, okay, but... <laughs> We found this thing. We don't, and they just totally disregard the friend. You know, they say he was drinking with a friend and then suddenly he was committing suicide and nobody ever says like, where was the friend? What was the time frame? What's the story there? So I think that's a little odd. And then also the, the whole like injection mark on his The butt. puncture wound? Yeah. And the fact that his pants were around his ankles. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it seems weird, right? You can't, I don't think that's the sort of thing that usually comes from a four, 240 foot drop. So a couple of things here. Okay. One, let's let's talk about his pants being around his ankles. Mm. Let's say that he went in semi head first. That's one possible account that, for it. I mean, yeah. if anybody has jumped into a dove into a, a body of water with their shorts not exactly cinched up, has experienced uh-huh. having their their pants ripped off of them. Yeah. Oh yeah, I've experienced which is that. a little embarrassing. Yeah. yeah. Sadly, I've done it in public. Yeah. Uh, but the other thing is that if he is falling into a moving body of water, and when did he... Um, this was in November. Uh, so I don't know what, the, I don't know what the, the river level was at that time. But if a body is tumbling in a moving body of water, it is entirely possible that he could have been driven into something as simple as a stick or a piece of metal... And then pulled away, and that Feels would like leave that a puncture would be mark. A much larger puncture mark than the one they were initially speaking about, though. You're talking about the pants being pulled off, or well, what? no, I'm talking about the no. puncture wound in or his buttocks. I mean, think oh, about yeah. fencing. Okay, if, if, if you've seen rigid fencing before, yeah, and if uh, people use that at the edges of river, I, again, I don't know what the area is, so I'm well, completely I, talking I guess, out of my ass. Well, here, as they're but... saying, right? They're saying it's a it's a puncture wound that's like the size of a needle. Is what they're talking about. Where's that going to come from? But you know what? It may not have been the size. It may have been the size of a needle when they examined it. But I mean, you've seen wounds where something larger in diameter has punctured through and torn the flesh. And then everything has filled back in the void after the fact as that is removed. Usually that happens when someone's alive, though. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's, it could have happened right away. I mean, I'm just yeah. saying yeah. I don't think it is as suspicious as it is pointed out. Yeah. I hate conspiracies, and I am going to rail on this a lot, and I apologize. You, know you are. I can't help it. Yeah. So do we want to move on since yeah. Steve yeah, sure. is an immovable object, apparently? Yeah, I think yes. it, okay. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So, Mr. Yeah. Sharif's wild ride. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Uh, Wild, very short ride. Yeah. Marconi initially said that Sharif, Mr. Sharif, was just a junior employee, and he didn't really have anything to do with Star Wars, and he didn't really know what was going on. Uh, Not so, say the co-workers. Apparently, at the time of his death, uh, Mr. Sharif was apparently about to be promoted. Also, apparently, uh, Mr. Sharif, 
worked in Mr. Dajibai's... The hardest name ever to pronounce. Yeah, in his department with him. That's he. I mean, for both of them to have died in relative succession of, like, kind of questionableness, Mm. that seems kind of weird. Police also said that Mr. Sharif, the reason that he committed suicide is because he was upset over the breakup, um, breakup with a woman. It turns out that that woman that they initially identified was actually his landlady, not his lover. And then the media said, actually, hey, um, that woman police that you guys said was his lover, that's his landlady. They said, oh, no, 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 no. Actually, the woman was a co-worker who was married with children, so we didn't want to release her name. And then his friends came forward and said, no, he had a fiance in Pakistan. And he was trying to get her into the country. Right. And apparently by like the reports that I've read, that was going fine. Like, there well, maybe, were... that's, maybe that's why he committed suicide. Well, he had, a, he had an appointment with his MP over. Right. Yeah. I mean, it sounded like things were going fine. I mean, he had obviously been deemed respectable enough. Um, that he had been given clearance. I mean, he worked on top secret projects for Marconi under contract from the crown. I mean, you know, for him to say, Hey, my fiance wants to come here. It seems reasonable that that process would have been fairly smooth. They by no accounts were breaking up. So I don't really know where the police were getting this information. Well, the, the suicide angle is from the fact that he left a tape, if not more than one tape in his car that they uh, that was of himself. The police did say, say this. that. Yes, they say that they found tapes of his voice that were in- indicative of a suicide note. Mm. The police do say that. Yes, well, it might it might be that his fiance in, in um, Pakistan. Pakistan, where they have a lot of arranged marriages. It might be that uh, that was the source of his depression. Because he might not, yeah, he, he might have actually not really wanted to go through with this marriage. Yeah. And now that it's looking like it's going to succeed, he's like, yeah, you know, this sucks. I'd rather be dead than marry her. And... Yeah, I mean, there's, there's, a, there's a whole list of, of possible reasons that he could have decided to, to take his own life. Mm-hmm. And as we talked about before initially is that, you know, like I've seen, this method of suicide is usually kind of, it's got a revenge edge to yeah, it. Yeah, it seems silly. It seems weird from what I've read from his life at that time. It seems weird, but that. But if he was actually, him. if he'd actually broken up with somebody, I, I don't know. We don't. Uh, do you know? Because no? I don't know if this was actually his car. Yeah, it was his car. You know that for yeah. sure. <sighs> I mean, I'm like well, ninety percent sure. Okay. Well, I'm just saying, it's like there's that revenge act of okay, well, mm. screw it. it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna destroy this car with myself. No, I think it was his car. Okay. I don't know that. It was so, his um, Audi that he purchased with his Marconi okay. money. I mean, there we like, go. Then, then that is not a that is not a viable angle. Yeah. That's why I said I didn't know. Yeah. I kind of like the idea of borrowing somebody's car for that. Yeah, me too. I know you have two other ones that you want to. Well, there's details about two others that that seem weird. So there's Britain. He's the one who was found under the car in an odd yeah. angle. Under yeah, the, that under, you have some the weird theory about because you just are a naysayer tonight. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's it's weird. I, I see people saying that he was at an odd angle, jammed under there. But Joe had been talking about the fact of you know I once touched a an exhaust pipe and it was hot, and I mm. have been under a car and 
done something similar and your immediate uncontrollable reaction is to involuntarily jerk your body. At which point, if you're underneath a vehicle, you know what you do? You hit the undercarriage of the car with your head. I have almost knocked myself out under a car before. So I can see a guy who crawls under. They say it's a weird angle. But if he crawls under there and he something happens, he touches something that's hot and he inadvertently jerks and wails his noggin, he's then going to be mm. incapacitated and he may have some kind of convulsion. I don't know, but that may explain how he wedged himself farther under there. I kind of like the idea of two burly Russian guys stuffing his body. You love, yeah. you know what? That is your explanation for everything. Mm-hmm. It's amazing we kept that out of the Murrah Murray episode. It's hard. It's hard with the like domino effect of this, though, right? Where you think, okay, well, one time of like one guy accidentally wanging his head and dying, but when you take in fact that you know within a year period. Five and I know people? that no, no. So that uh, yeah. that that comes up though. That's in the final theory. There's there's a stress aspect yeah. that is in the final theory that we'll talk about. Yeah. But I have one more because I I have a kind of simple explanation for one more, and that is David Sands. He's the guy who drove into the cafe or the cafeteria and it was boom. Yeah. yeah. He had uh, gotten all those gas cans several days ahead of time. It's two five-gallon t- cans of fuel, that he, petrol, oh. that he had in his car. He died in 1987. Well, as I remember gas cans in 1987, they had a plug in one end and a screw cap on the other, and none of that was extremely tight. Mm-hmm. So... I remember walking into buildings when I was a kid that had one or two gas cans, and they reeked of fumes. Yeah. So it's very possible he had he had he'd gone and gotten gas several days before, and then disappeared for a four-hour drive. At which point, he told his wife he was thinking and he didn't remember much of his drive, and now he gets in his car again, which is full of gas fumes, and is driving around. It is completely possible that this guy was inadvertently huffing gas and out of his head. Yeah. Or maybe he just lit a cigarette. Yeah. You know? well, <laughs> yeah. Actually it, erupted into a fireball and then and he went out of control. And that's why he made that weird turn because he, he jerked a wheel and just happened to drive into that, that little offshoot road. Right. But again, that's super lucky. But it's, he... it's also, it's just, people do stupid stuff. I yeah. know so many people that used to use the screw-top gas cans to store gas, and then you would walk over, and I would touch the lid, and it would fall off, and like, oh, I thought I screwed that back on last time yeah. I used it. Like, no, these sure. are very plausible reasons. They and are, very but, then, an but then we yeah. start talking about, like, taken as a whole, right? And I, I grant you, I mean, I think for me, it's like And I don't want to take them as a whole because I think taking that a whole is too simple of an approach. That's why it bothers me Maybe that it's a conspiracy. Some. But I mean, I think yeah. for others it is. It's like, really? Seriously? You think that two dudes died of electrocution within it, like within, you know, 10 days of each that other? That is a little odd. That's insane to me. I'm also going to say, though, that the, the, the whole running my car in the garage is a trope and everybody knew about it. Yeah. And there is the phenomena of copycats. Yeah. So it may be that he said, oh, wow, I heard about this guy at the company. 
you know, that might actually be kind of a quick way to do it. Yeah. I'm going to do that. I mean, so I just thought all the cool kids are doing it. I'm going to do it. <laughs> so here are the two, I guess, additional addendum theories, right? Is that like there's a hitman because there are nice little clusters of oh, hey, for a year, these people died this way, and then for a year, these people died this way, and then for another year, these people died So for a year, it was the Russians, then it was the Chinese, then it was the Americans. It is a nice cluster. I will give you that. It is, it's really clean. Early 87. The delineation, yeah, yeah, between Um, each of those. But then, you know, there's the other fact of like, yeah, there's a lot of stress involved, right? So we start talking about why, mm -hmm. right? Why would these deaths be why would they be murders or why would they be suicides and like why would these things happen for suicide it's probably a pretty easy answer these people are under a lot of stress mm-hmm. and they're developing essentially weapons of fairly mass destruction well, not and really. they can't talk to anybody and they can't in yeah, their they personal can't, life. they can't really talk about it they're not mass destruction but they are powerful weapons it's yeah. big destruction in my world that's mass destruction it's not like well, thousands of people Joe, but you're not you know you see a torpedo if you if you take out a submarine or a ship well it's a lot that, of people you're, you're killing a few hundred people yeah, yeah. but i also bad. i also remember joe and i don't know i know devin won't because you're you're too young but for you, I, if you remember this, my dad was it worked for a government organization, mm-hmm. and I remember this kind of weird, overarching cloud of stress of just like where in the hell the world was and what we were going through in terms of the Cold War. Yeah. And it, it weighed on some people more than others. And yeah. while my pop wasn't in any kind of direct secret thing, he dealt with things that to this day, he, he, you know, I can't get him to breathe a word of. And it's a it's a very clean line of I shut it down. Yeah. So there's the, also there the, is this weird stress level that happens. There's also there was, I mean, there's but... two other things at play here, right? There's the British stiff upper lip. <laughs> but right. also the fact that you can't talk about this stuff. Well, yeah, the top but... secret nature of that. But I'll also include the harmful aspects of reinforced masculinity at mm. this time, right? I think you're. Uh, I I think that uh, you guys are like trending too hard towards suicide here. I mean, some of them. Were. Oh no, I don't think some it's that. No, no, I'm I mean, just trying to argue every as, angle. As, as I tried to are... say earlier, uh, four of them have something in common, besides the fact that their deaths were ruled suicide. And that would be Sharif, Sands, Beckham, and Ferry, and so and they 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 were all bizarre suicide um, things. For, yeah, I mean, we got the guy with who decapitated himself with his car and a rope. We got the guy with the gas cans in the car, and then we got the two guys who electrocuted themselves, one on the chest, one in the mouth. So all very strange suicide methods. And they, the, other, the other thing they have in common is they all had made appointments to, to meet with their MPs. Yeah, that's uh, true. Before, and which, of course, never, never happened. Right. And so that's kind of intriguing. Yeah, I, uh, no, I agree, and yeah. that's why that's where I would go with and, the like, and that's next why I'm part. not I'm not going with the pure suicide theory. No, 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 no. no. I absolutely agree with you. I no. am just trying to give a bit of um, historic framing yeah. to some people mm. who may not be thinking in that context. I'm happy well, to go down. I'm actually happier to go down the conspiracy. The a lot most of these people were murdered yeah. avenue than I am Steve's uh, avenue. Yeah, well, the, but, the whole Cold War thing is just what you have to understand about the Cold War is I lived through part of it. And that is that in the in the the late forties and in the fifties, it was a much more paranoid time. Oh, well. And 
Yeah. By by this time, the late '80s, of course, and no, nobody knew it in 1987. I mean, nobody knew that that, that it was so- almost over. The Soviet Union was about to fall just a few years, uh, and we, you know, everybody thought it was going to be around for much, much, much longer than that. And it was a big shock and surprise. Mm-hmm. Pleasant surprise when it all came tumbling down. Right. But uh, still, by by that by that point in time, uh, things had stabilized to the point that everybody felt like the, the actual possibility of warfare, nuclear warfare, and all that stuff was remote. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, so the, the big pressure in the Cold War was, was really, like, the 40s and 50s. Well, but, yeah. you know, and, yeah. the, and the, other, the other way to go, I mean, you've called out those four as mm. really odd suicides. Mm-hmm. The, the other two that are looked at as suicides are the ones that were tied up with the, the cling wrap around their heads. Oh, yeah, the yeah. sexual misadventure ones. And right, those, and, you know... Those are also suspicious. Well, they're suspicious yeah. because I didn't know this until I was doing some of the reading, is that, like, that is a great... It turns out that's a great way to discredit somebody. Exactly. Because yeah. now you've labeled them a pervert. Yeah. Exactly. According to the general population. Yeah, what did that person do? Yeah. And I yeah. never... I was like... They were trying something, or somebody was over, and they had an accident, and somebody just left. And I was like, "Oh, oh, I, it's you know, yeah. modern thinking versus nineteen yeah. eighties thinking." Oh, yeah. wow, that really does just destroy all credibility of yeah. their person. Well, and yeah. there's a there's a lot of stuff about whistleblowing, and well, yeah, there's guys... this kind of catch twenty two with a lot of. People, especially like when things are changing, like they were in the like '80s with the Cold War, right? The Soviet Union had come tumbling down. You know, we're kind of things are being revealed. Like Star Wars was revealed, right, to the media, and suddenly the Reagan administration was like, "Oh yeah, we were doing this thing, <laughs> cool." Yeah, you um, uh, and so I think yeah. there was this kind of sense, or there's the potential for this kind of sense of if you were working on these projects, right, you had this pressure. To either be a whistleblower and reveal what you knew, or the, wait, what are you? What are they revealing? What I mean, if they knew something top secret, if they knew about some project, whatever. Well, if they knew about, say, you know, I embezzling mean, or cost. I mean, you know, often like you know, cost overruns that actually turns out were just you know felony that kind of thing. You or know, so, any um, kind of I mean, just immoral, anything like that, any, any sort of you know bribery, uh, things like that. So that's that's why the whole it's it's kind of interesting. These these four guys that killed themselves in bizarre ways wanted to talk to their MP. Oh, by the way, if you're not from Britain, MP is member of Parliament. Yeah, well, I should have probably said that earlier. So it's uh, like congressman. It's like your congressman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. so I think there's like that sense of like at that time, right? That's a very pivotal moment of like either you are a whistleblower or you're implicated in an inquest, right? And I think I've mm. seen that thrown around a lot on the internet in terms of why that would be that these people are being murdered was because they were they may have known something, they may have thought they known something, they may have known nothing. But they may have been making appointments to meet with people who you would traditionally meet with if you were to be a whistleblower. Uh-huh. Yeah, it could have been. I don't know. I mean, I don't know that it's a good theory. So, so well, actually, so you have connected for me the dots that I had not been able to, to connect in the reading, which is there. there's writings about, you know, going to see their, their, their MPs mm-hmm. and... 
And then there was writings about the fact that some of these people were complaining about the unscientific nature of the tasks that they were assigned. Yeah. yeah. In other words, yeah. they it, it sounded like they were assigned to do really stupid stuff. And they were like, dude, why am I doing this? And now I understand the implication of that is that it was an excuse to run your time, to bill for something, just to bill for something. Yeah. Or In something other words, else. Yeah. saying you came to work all week and billing for 40 hours, but actually sitting at home and watching the telly the whole time. Yeah. Well, it could have been actually, yeah, it could have been so much as just being shunted aside and into something else because... They gotten the yeah, some somebody maybe upstairs who kind of gotten the idea that you were uh, maybe gonna rat them out, yeah. so they wanted to you know get you away from the project. So then that that and so okay. they put you on something meaningless and stupid. And, but but then that that lends know. now okay that that makes the connection for me of some of the things that I had read about like well why is this a murder and I was like well that doesn't make any freaking sense now it makes sense to yeah. me why now they see oh. They've they've gotten angry enough. They're going to go complain to somebody who is in a position to do something about it. Yeah, it's okay. possibly that. Yeah, and also let's not let's not forget. Actually, uh, it's not that uncommon for scientists to be murdered by the opposition. Yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah. I mean, in a lot, if they can't be flipped. Yeah, that's it's not that uncommon. Yeah. Um, and so it's it's happened plenty. I'm, right. you know, that's one of the things that I always. I've always been curious. There are certain people who did come to this country after World War II and mm -hmm. worked for us. And I wonder how many of them didn't come yeah. here because they didn't want to turn. A lot. <laughs> yeah, it's just one of those. Yeah. yeah, I'm sure we could do a lot of episodes on that. Let's not. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think uh, I think a lot of Germans came here because, in all this face, that their country had been flattened. And, <laughs> you know, <laughs> totally. it's like it's so, like opportunities yeah. are much better over so here. So I I think it's probably there are a few of these that are kind of tossed in here, but I do think it's reasonable to think that a lot of these suicides are suspect and probably not actually suicides. Yeah, yeah. I would, I, I would so. I, yeah, I call this a, a mixed bag. This yeah. is a 50-50 mix for me. No, really? It, actually 50-50? Oh, ballpark. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm using rough for numbers. Me There's 25 of them. I don't want to do that kind of math. For me, it's 25-75. 25, oh, wait, 25. I thought it was 26 of them. 25 huh. bad, uh, 75 innocent, or no, other, way, other around. way around? I think 25% yeah. of them are probably pretty innocent. I think 75% of them are nefarious in some way. Whether oh, okay. they're all connected to each other or not, I don't know, but I think 75% of these were murders. Yeah, well, you know, some of them, I mean, like, you know, the, the guys that made their um, the appointments with their MPs, yeah. uh, of course, well, maybe we can maybe leave Sharif out of this because he had a, made an appointment for his MP to talk about his wife coming I don't over. think I can leave. No. But, but anyway, no, no, no. Uh, I mean, oh, it was about her. Not, but I don't yeah. think yeah. I can leave him out of there because I think that's clever. But yeah, yeah, it's true too. Uh, so some of them were maybe murdered by you know agents of Marconi, the defense, and then some of the other ones were maybe murdered by the Russians. Yeah, you know, or even the U.S. Yeah. Oh yeah, I don't yeah. think the U.S. No. Well, who knows? I mean, they were murdered know. by Kraft. Well, but yeah. I mean, because it's macaroni, macaroni, not Marconi. I know. Yeah, it's good point. It turns out they were stealing the macaroni and cheese, well, the stealing, liquid gold, stealing the sick, the secret yeah. formula. Yeah. They, before yeah. Velveeta got yeah. it. Yeah. So do you guys Velveeta have, cheese is the best. Do you, hey, do you have anything else to add? I don't. That's why I'm no. talking about Velveeta cheese. Okay. No. No, no. I'm, I'm, okay. I'm just like you know. I don't think we're likely to solve this mystery anytime soon. No, I don't think so either. But I think it's interesting to talk about. Uh, so. 
if you want to see some of the links to our research, you can find that on um, our website. That's thinkingsidewayspodcast.com. We are, of course, on iTunes. We're on Google Play. We're streaming pretty much everywhere. Um, so you should subscribe and rate and review if you haven't done that on your respective however you are hearing me right now. Um, preferably a good one, but, you know, eh, whatever. We'll take what we can get. Uh, we've got Facebook, we've got a group and a page, so you can join the group and like the page. We have Twitter, which is Thinkin' Sideways. We do have a subreddit, which is Thinking Sideways. Uh, it's our Thinking Sideways. And then you can also email us with just, you know, feedback, suggestions, offers of expertise, um, or just tell us how much you love us. Pretty much. We like yeah. those emails the most. Oh, yeah. That email address is thinkingsidewayspodcast mm-hmm. at gmail.com. And then if you'd like to support the show in any way, we've got a couple ways to do that. We have merchandise. There's a link on our website. Uh, we've got PayPal if you want to do a one-time donation. Or we have Patreon, which is at patreon.com slash thinking sideways, which you heard in the beginning there. Um, and that's how you set up a reoccurring donation. Um, and that really sustains the show's budget. We don't really have a budget. We kind of, <laughs> we kind of do this on yeah. our own dime. And so what that does, any of those donations help us cover the basic costs of podcast. We're not out to... No, make we're... a profit. We're not collecting. Well, actually, I'm we're... not wearing this gold watch because of the the Patreon. Wait, no. there's no watch on there's my no arm. There's no watch. Uh, yeah, what about my Rolex. Yeah, yeah. no, there's no there's no Rolex there. No, yeah. we're not. You know, we don't. We're not trying to make income on this or anything like that. We just want to cover our costs, mm-hmm. um, yeah, which has been pretty successful. You guys have been really content generous. Content everybody. So yeah, totally. So thank you so much. Yeah, we for appreciate that. you guys. Thank um, you. And if you haven't done that and you want to, um, Patreon.com/slash/thinkingsideways. Um, it's P A T R E O N. Yeah, Google it. Don't try to do it by yourself. Um, all, right. all of that having been said, I think we're going to jet on out of here. Yeah, I think so. Toodaloo, people. We'll talk to you next week, everybody. Bye.